0: Good morning, fellow eternally, absolutely loved children of God. Yes. It's the truth of all truths, isn't it? Hey, in case you're visiting, my name is Steve. I get to be the interim pastor here for a season. And, uh, you know, also with us today, I assume there's some people watching live stream. So can we all turn back to that camera and just wave or blow a kiss or something? But welcome to those of you who are with us. We, we're glad we have that technology. And I uh, do want to once again thank Jim Payne for uh, putting that together for us, and I think he continues to uh, to tweak it. Um, I want to invite Toby Height, who's been our ministry intern uh, for several months, to uh, read a scripture and then pray for us. I just I'll mention why he's coming up that we're in this series called Focus, and Focus is something we really need these days when when we're pulled all kinds of different directions. Uh, when it's easy for the things that matter the most to get kind of fuzzy. And uh, we, we get scattered, uh, we, our lives get fragmented, we need focus, and we need to have focus on the one who is the way, the truth, and the life, uh, Jesus. And uh, so we, uh, we're, we're, here's something I've been trying to say, and that's that we need to face what's hard and what's complicated And yet, that can't be our focus. The focus has to be on God giving himself in Jesus. So last week, we were raising the question, well, who is this Jesus? It's a question he raised. Who do you say that I am? Well, today, we'll put our focus on something rather important, and that's that uh, who does he say we are? So, Toby, would you come and let's listen to God's word? Toby. (laughs)
1: The first reading is from Matthew 16, verses 13 through 18. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist. Others say Elijah. And still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked. Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, "Blessed are you, Simon son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by the flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are not that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it." The second reading today is First Peter, one, verses three through five. join me in a prayer for the sermon. Father, we ask for ears to listen to what Pastor Steve has for us today. We thank you that we were able to be here today. We thank you that we can experience your grace on a daily basis. And as Pastor Steve brings forth the message, we ask that we may find the truth in your living word, being able to accept this grace as we meditate on it in the reality of these words. Bring us Peace today through this message. Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: Thank you, Toby. Would you uh, look at a Bible at uh, Matthew 16, which we just heard? I want to mention, too, we're really grateful for a lot of behind-the-scenes things that, that Toby does, uh, including being back there and uh, being at the controls with the other guys. Um, he, he just got a promotion at Amazon. That's, that's his other kind of full, that is his full-time job, which means at least for a while, he won't be here on Sundays. He has to work Sundays, but he'll, he'll still be serving us. And, um, so keep uh, him and Rachel in your prayers. Matthew 16. Hey, I want to start with a story and it's about uh, one of my seven grandkids. And you're thinking, oh, great. We've got to endure a grandfather's slides, but just want to talk about this, this one young man, Liam. Liam's quite a character. He's gifted with an incredibly creative imagination. And especially when he was, um, he's now eight, but when he was, oh, especially four or five years old, he often would creatively take on a different identity. So for example, I'd say, hey, Liam, how you doing? He said, I'm not Liam, I'm Superman. <laughs> or it could be Captain America or Batman or whoever. And we kind of tried to go with the flow on that. Well, one day, we, he was at our house, and it was just the two of us. I was kind of taking care of him. And Liam, he's a strong personality. He was not at his happiest. He was kind of testing some boundaries. And um, so I had to confront him. And Liam said, you're not in charge. <laughs> and I said, well, actually, Liam, I am in charge. He said, no, you're not. Jesus is. I thought, okay, I can work with this. (laughs) But then he said, and I'm Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Liam did not win that confrontation. (laughs) But it occurred to me that this little guy was wrestling with some significant questions like, who is in control? You know, the question of authority. He was wrestling with the, this question, at least indirectly, who is Jesus? The real Jesus, you know, not him. And, and then there's the question of, well, who is he? You know, kind of exploring all these different identities, but, but needing to settle into what does it mean to be Liam Tolson? Well, these are the kinds of questions that Jesus raises for us. And as we just heard... When he asks his disciples, "Who do you say I am?" as we looked back at last week, it's this uh, fisherman follower Simon who pipes up and says, "You're the Messiah. Uh, You're the uh, Son of the Living God." And that's when Jesus looks in the eye and declares that this, "You're blessed. You're blessed." And it's not because Simon is so smart that he got the right answer, so he'll get an A on the, on the discipleship 101 final. This is a revelation from the Father as to who Jesus actually is. And not only that, not only this knowledge, but this Simon is given a whole new identity with a whole new life purpose um, a whole new destiny. And it gets expressed in this new name, Peter. Now, remember, what, what does the name Peter mean? It means rock, right? So here we have rock, Kephas in the Hebrew, uh, Petras in the Greek, Peter in English. You know, we get the word petrified from this and so on. And, and here Pete, Jesus says, on this rock, this rock of this God-given realization as to who Jesus is, this realization at the core of your being, on this I will build my church and the gates of Hades, the gates of the grave death, will not overcome it. Uh, On this this rock, this realization of who I am, I will build my people for my mission to storm the gates of life-stealing powers. It's an amazing kind of statement. And it's not just... A special blessing for this one man, Simon. He's just the first of millions who get this kind of blessing. Uh, Peter himself, in his letter, is going to write, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he's given us a whole new birth, a whole new identity. Into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And then he goes on to say, in his first letter, As you come to him, the living stone, as you come to Jesus... You, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. You, like, like living Peters, <laughs> all of you who've opened your hearts and lives to Jesus Christ, you, like living Peters, you are being built into this, this movement of, of, of people engaged in um, being representatives, priests, in this broken world, representing the living stone, Jesus, um, being a very dwelling, a very temple of of God himself. You see, anyone, anyone who simply says from the heart, Jesus, you're the king, you're the Messiah, you're the son of the living God, you're the way, the truth, the life, you're my way, you're my truth, my life, can trust that he in turn says back, and you are mine forever an eternally loved child of the Father, dwelling a dwelling of my empowering spirit. Yeah, and this is, this is the heart of what we are together, what we are in our uniqueness as what we call a Covenant Church. Uh, it's true of all, all believers, but uh, one, one affirmation that um, our movement called the Evangelical Covenant Church makes, one of six affirmations, I may mention these in weeks ahead, but the first one is the necessity of the new birth. I have a slide on this, the necessity of the new birth, that uh, being a believer and being a church is not just a matter of the stuff you know, the, the things you do, what you're affiliated with. It's from the heart having this whole new identity, being more than just a creature, but being a child eternally of the Father true through, through what God did in his Son on the cross and in his resurrection. And so today... I just wonder if, if we've heard once and for all, but then really let it sink in more and more who Jesus says, we are, individually and together, who we are with him. Now why is this important? Lots of reasons. Yeah, you know, many of us, when we're young, we, we worry about what others think about us, you know? When we're middle-aged, we don't care what people think about us. You know what happens when you get old? You realize nobody's been thinking about you. (laughs) Well, whether we worry or don't care, here's the reality. We live in a culture where we're under a constant pressure to be something we are not. To wear a hundred different hats, perform a hundred different roles, to try to please or avoid or fight a hundred different people. And it just gets exhausting. It fragments us. It drains us. You know what I mean? This kind of thing can invade the ways we sincerely try to follow Jesus. Unfortunately, the Christian life, at least subconsciously and in the way we function, can kind of get reduced to a long life-draining list of all the stuff you got to do, all the stuff you got to know. And someday you wake up and you say, is this all there is? Just this exhausting busyness in this thing called Christianity. And the whole pressure to be something we're not gets intensified by the hidden but fierce war we're in with, with, with the, the evil one. You know, his systemic earthly powers, as the Apostle Paul talks about, but also the whole thing being fueled by this spiritual adversary called the Satan, the, the accuser. And and listen, the first strategy, the core strategy of the evil one is not to get us to do bad things. The first strategy is to get us to question who God is and who we are from him. He's the accuser. And that, even if we're doing good things, that will achieve his goal of pulling us away, pulling us out of The core of who we are in him. And uh, what happens is we, we slide into being less than we are or we strain to be more than we are. And at the heart of resistance, the Apostle Paul says, is to stand our ground. Ephesians 6, stand our ground. And the ground is Christ, who Jesus says he is and who he says we are. And so we stand our ground and say when we're feeling assaulted or even as we are and we don't even realize it, I am God's eternal son or daughter. Nothing can change that. This is who I am forever and ever, no matter what. And friends, that's how the gates of life-stealing powers begin to come down, with that kind of resistance. In a way, pretty simple, but very powerful. It was about 16 years ago, I got sidelined for around six weeks with a a bone infection up here in my sinuses. And I just just really had to take off for about six weeks with all kinds of treatments I won't bore you with, telling you about. But um, the worst day was when I was in the hospital and just had this raging fever. It got up to about 104, and you know, there's just brain chaos, you know, you can't even think. But I, I, I have this vague memory of kind of crying out, God, I can't even pray. My mind was such a mess. But I, I received just a few seconds of vivid clarity. And I'm sure it was God speaking. He said, just be my child. Just be. Be, my child. And you know, the fever came. Ba- the feeling of the fever came back, but there nevertheless was a kind of peace in the midst of the storm. And not only that, but it fed into what what really is my greatest life strength. That who I am in my life is not about all the stuff I do. Important as that could be, it's who I am as an eternally loved, destined for perfection, Son of God. And that's my strength, that's yours as well. That's what matters the most, no matter what we're going through, for anyone in any season of life, discovering, embracing who we are, especially in Christ. It's what's most important for a child growing up when you are trying to figure out who am I, like little Liam and my other grandkids and so on. It's the important question for a, a graduate wondering, well, what's next? It's important for um, being on the job and whatever that might be. And, and you've got all these thousands of demands. Can you find a piece of steadiness? And okay, no matter what happens, this is who I am. It's important when your mom or dad pulled a thousand different directions. It's, it's important for those of us that step into this strange and wonderful season of retirement when there's freedom, but also, you know, some losses in terms of the work that was, was meaningful and, and gave you a sense of identity. It's just important to remember who, who I am ultimately and eternally in any kind of dark valley of loss or threat, wondering, how am I going to make it through this? I wonder if we can hear the invitation to see who Jesus is and who he says we are with him. And, you know, again, it's also a question, an issue for for us together as God's people. You know, verse 18 up here. um, Well, let's see, let me just go back to... Well, the scripture here, yeah, verse 18. Notice how it says, you are Peter and on this rock. You all will build your church. What? What doesn't say that? No, it doesn't. I, Jesus says, will build my church. Isn't that kind of liberating? Kind of takes the pressure off. It also kind of humbles us. This is not my church, not your church, not the leadership team's church. It's his. And the agenda is not for me to get what I want. It's what does the one building the church want? Which we trust will be really, really good for us. Better than anything we ourselves wanted. I will build my church. Jesus says... I will build Grace Covenant Church as part of my body to be his people and his mission. And, and I, I know that's your heart. Isn't that what, what and who Grace Covenant Church is? Right? It's, any amens or anybody? Just nod. Anybody <laughs> with me on this? We are his people for his mission. And that's an extraordinary gift and and leads us into hope and peace for the days ahead. Let me close with one more story. In um, June 1944, this man, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, was 38 years old and he was in his second year in a German prison for his part in the resistance to Hitler. Now, like... Peter, he declared that Jesus was the Messiah, the King, the Lord. You could say Jesus was the Fuhrer, a term that means leader. And this didn't go over well with Adolf Hitler and the Nazis. And he participated, Bonhoeffer did, actively in the resistance. And ten months after Line I'm going to read for you in April of 1945, just weeks, just weeks before the Allies came in and liberated those in prison, um, a 39 year old Bonhoeffer was hanged by the Nazis. Well, he showed great courage, a lot of testimony to this, uh, great courage and even peace and all this, and yet he wrote a poem that also expressed his honest struggles. He called it, Who Am I? Who am I? They often tell me I would step from the prison cell, poised, cheerful, and sturdy, like a nobleman from his country estate. Who am I? They often tell me I'd speak to my guards freely, pleasantly, and firmly, as if if I had it to command. Who am I? I've also been told that I suffer the days of misfortune with serenity, smiles, and pride as someone accustomed to victory. Am I really what others say about me? Or am I only what I know of myself, restless, yearning, and sick like a bird in its cage, struggling for the breath of life as though someone were choking my throat, hungering for colors, for flowers, for the songs of birds, thirsting for kind words and human closeness, shaking with anger at capricious tyranny and pettiest slurs, bedeviled by anxiety, awaiting great events that might never occur, Fearfully powerless and worried for friends far away. Weary and empty in prayer and thinking and doing. Weak and ready to take leave of it all. Who am I, this or that other? And then he closes with this. Who am I? They mock me, these lonely questions of mine. Whoever I am, you know me, O oh God. I know I am yours. We are his. Let's take a moment of silence in God's presence. I wonder if there's anything at all he's said to you about yourself today. We're all different. Different circumstances and personalities and histories. some that we might even wish was different but can you hear him say my dear child can you hear his welcome feel his embrace and whether or not you can, to trust that through what the Son did in his self-sacrifice, you too, through simple faith, are declared to be an eternal son or daughter of God. If you've never come to a place of simply asking for that gift, then ask and you will receive. And if you have, in a fresh way, give thanks. Holy Father, may we be aware how we share in the blessing given to the disciple Simon of knowing who you are in your Son, of being called living stones, being built into what you're doing in this world, Give, give us that confidence, Lord. And give that to us together as Grace Covenant Church, your people and your mission. And with gratitude and expectation, we pray in your name, Jesus. Amen.